0: Just what what a privilege to be able to be here. Uh, love Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen, the family. Um, be able to be with just the whole the whole team. Pastor Josh. Um, of course, we have that Italian connection. So there's there's that. It goes deep. That goes really deep. But what, just just a privilege. I mean, just uh, with with Bishop Hooks, with the with the Fangs, just with with everyone. The whole group that came from Oahu. Uh, just great to be able to hang out with you guys. And so. so I, I, just, I just can't express the privilege, um, the honor it is to be able to just be here and be able to share with you guys. Loved going out to the building, uh, the property. Uh, walked that out uh, twice, the first time I, I endured, and uh, the cold. You just feel, you, you just, you just want to pray. I, I, I feel that way. I just want to go there, not just because of the cold, but you just, there's that, that spirit of prayer. The second time I went, I did want to pray for just survival. Oh my like, God, help me survive this. And uh, but I absolutely just love what's happening here and that we get to be a part of it. I feel there's a connection, Chile and Alaska, and it's more than just the earthquakes that we share in common. but just even the deposit that, that Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen have had in the country in the church, forever grateful, forever. Of course, Bishop Hooks as well. Uh, Pastor Josh, people still talk about times that you've gone down and just deposits that have been there. And so, so grateful. You know, when, when we say things like, we're here because of prayer, it's, it's literally true. It's, uh, when I think of the church, even in Chile, I'm like, it just shouldn't be there. There's no reason why it should be there. It just doesn't make sense, except that there's a church that prays, and um, it's, it's wonderful. And to be able to be here, when was it, Saturday morning at that time of prayer, I just thought it was like historic, and it, it get to say, I was there when that happened, and it's just, just a wonderful thing. Uh, I want to just say hi to my wife who's watching online and uh, give a little dab to my kids and uh, my five-year-old was worried about and concerned for my safety, thought I should be walking around with a sword uh, to protect me from bears and I can't fault his logic, but uh, so uh, they're all watching online, I love them and uh, and Pastor Daniel, you don't have to worry, I will not say the word sugar in the sermon today so you can be at peace. Pastor Josh wanted me to say that. Bishop Hooks and I were like, no, we're not doing it. It's not going to happen, so just be at peace. None of that's going to happen, all right? To the pure, all things are pure. Not sure where to go from there, but let's just, I guess we can pray, so let's just pray. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me. Help me right now. Um, Lord, just open our ears. Uh, to be able to listen to your word. We just love you, and uh, we, we, we worship you, and we praise you in the name of Jesus, amen. I just want a quick quick thought that I want to leave with you, very simple. Uh, I'm just calling this connecting the dots. We, I, I feel like that uh, in, in our culture today, we don't quite hear the prophetic words or even words that God gives in sermons or just when he speaks to us in the proper context, and I don't mean just in the culture Of the first century when things were written, but just in the context of how God works and how he operates. We tend to listen to, just with one ear, what's in it for me? What do I have? Give me my prophetic word for for me. And sometimes we'll even compare it to other people and we'll use it as a status. We'll go up to someone and say, what was your word? And they, well, you know, God's going to restore my marriage and family. And we're like, well, yeah, that's pretty good, but uh, I'm going to be a prophet to the nations and, uh, you know... (laughs) Maybe I'll remember you when I come into glory and uh, throw you a few crumbs along the way. And, or we use it to actually nurse our own offense. And so we'll go, finally, somebody notices the greatness that is in me. If only the leadership in this house would pay attention and know who I am. Well, then, you know, hey, then, then, then we'd be going places. And um, we, we don't quite understand and hear how God actually operates because it's, it's not this individualism. Yes, he wants to bless you. He wants to speak to you in the place where you're at, but there's a greater context in which he's speaking and moves. God is a God that loves to connect. He, he, he's, he's a connecting God. He's, he's personal in the way that he does things. So that's why when he, when he says things, for example, uh, Paul, and I, I, this always called my attention like in Ephesians chapter 4, he's talking to you know, if the thief, stop stealing, do something productive with your hands, work, and you'd go like, yeah, I know what you're going to say, Paul because stealing is a sin he goes no no this is this is my point so that you can be with generous be generous with those who are in need so you have something to contribute to the whole instead of leeching off of other people Now you have something to give. So find a job so that you can be generous, so that you have something to give to somebody else that is in need, because you need to be connected to other people. We want to be little dots, and let me just do my own thing, and God bless me, and I want my dot to get fat and big and and heavy, and you do your own thing, I'm going to be over here. God is meaning for us, and through prophetic words, to connect the dots one to another, and connect it to the greater picture of what he's trying to do. And that's why you'll hear things like even last night with, with Prophet David, and it was a great, great word. But he'll, he'll start saying things like, yeah, give me my mountain. But then he'll talk about what is God doing in the region? What is he doing in the state? Then they'll mention things like nations. What is he doing? He's, the Holy Spirit actually doing this. He's, he's connecting your word to the greater picture of what God is wanting to do. It's not just where you're at right now that God wants to talk. Yeah, it is, it is, but that's not the whole thing. You're just listening through one ear. You need to listen with both sides of your ears. In other words, you you need to understand that there's a context of community that he's wanting to plug you into so you can participate in in what he's wanting to do. So it's not just just where you're at. it's, it's, It's how can you connect to what God is wanting to do. So many times we'll pray, like, God, help me pay my bills. But, but a, a more correct way of praying, if I, if I can just submit this to you, is like, God, give me more than enough to pay my bills and to help the building fund. Give me more than enough to pay my bills and and let me help fund missions or help families that are in need give me more than enough so it's not just about me it's enable me to create wealth so that i can be a blessing and a conduit to other people because it's not just about me it's about connecting with what god is doing and that's what the kingdom is all about there's a greek word koinonia which is having things in common Uh, It's it's used in our relationship, communion with the Holy Spirit and even with Jesus, but it's also used in relationship with one another. We're part of a family. We're together in this. There's not a separateness that comes here. It's it's how can I connect? In fact, your gifting, your talents, um, uh, God's anointing, uh, anything that he gives you is to enable you to be able to be a blessing to other people, be able to serve at a greater capacity, and be able to connect with other people and help people connect to God and to one another. It's just all this interconnectedness. It's it's having all these dots, and, and then we don't want a dot just floating out there. You need to be connected to the whole. There's a bigger picture of what God is wanting to do. And so even through this weekend, you might get a word that's, I, you know, God's going to open... Doors, and you're going to go to college, and, and great, so, so begin to ask God questions, begin to enter into a dialogue. Lord, how does that fit into what you're doing in this church right now? What is it that you want me to do in this? That's, that's great that you're opening the door for me to go to college, that you're going to pay that. Great. What do you want to happen there? How can that connect back here? There's a thousand souls that need to be saved in this month. Do you want me? It's, it's, are you opening the door for me to start something there? That's in other words, it's it's connecting it back. It's not just great. I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to have a great job, and I'm going to be set, and I'm going to just do my own thing. It, it's not that. It's it's how can it be connected to to the whole? So so God might talk about even your marriage and that your marriage is being uh, uh, healed or, or your know, fractured family is coming together. It, it, and that that's amazing and that's a miracle and that's that's wonderful. But that's not not the full picture of what he's wanting to do. It's even in that, what, what do you want to do even in this, Lord? How can I connect what you're doing here with me with the greater picture of what you're wanting to do, not only in the church, but even in this state? God might talk about how he's just going to bless you in finances, and that's great. And begin to think, okay, what can I do now to be able to be part of what God is doing here? The thousand souls, maybe I can ask a neighbor out to a coffee or something, or maybe, I don't know, go invite somebody to go hunting moose or whatever, and, and then, then be able to share that time to be able to bring them to Christ. You know, where, where are they going to go? They, they can't go, you're out in the middle of the wilderness, right? You just, just take advantage of those moments. So, but it's begin to think of that. Otherwise, our message that we receive is, is it's incomplete. It's, it's not whole because we're not thinking in terms of context of a whole community. We're just thinking in context of just where I'm at right now. That's, that's just, that, that's not the whole picture. That's not the whole picture. Yes, God wants to bless you in the place where you're at, but he wants you to be a blessing in the place where you're at. And in order to be a blessing means you have to be connected with other people. It freaks me out when there's people that aren't connected and yet they want to do things. I've had people come and say, I, I have a word from, from the Lord for you, and I had this dream and this amazing experience, and I'll say, oh, great, yeah, where, where are you from? Right. Right, oh, no, I just travel. God has me traveling. You know, I'm not connected to any. You know, I just, this is it. This is my thing. I'm like, you're, you're not, I don't want to receive anything you have to say. You're not connected to anything. You just want to go around saying your thing, and no, but I had this experience. You've you probably had experiences with demons. You, you don't even realize. You're so, you're so out there. You're not healthy, and I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. You're not going to say anything over anybody in the church. You're not getting any kind of platform. It just it just isn't happening. I don't know you. There's not a connection. So I'm I'm here because of a relationship, Dr. Morocco, platform of ministry. But there's a relationship and there's a trust that's here. We're we're in this. There's a covenant that's here. So if Pastor Daniel wants to say something and he goes, man, correction, I will absolutely listen to anything he has to say. Because there's this connection that we have together. We're, we're in it together. When we're going through something tough and chilly, he calls me up and he goes, what, what do I need to do? Do I need to get on a plane and go down there? Do I need to hit anybody? Do I need to, what do I need to do? Just point me in the right direction and I'll just go. And that's exactly, that's exactly it. He goes, what, what do you need to do? I'll do it right now. I'll drop everything and I'll do it. And there's that, that mutual thing. It's, it's, just, it's just part of a family. It's healthy. It's healthy. We're not here trying to do our own thing. We're here trying to help the whole and be a blessing and build up what God is wanting to do. And so so, so the, the, the question that you need to be asking yourself isn't, God, please talk to me about who am I going to marry or, or what is it I'm going to be doing. It's, it's like, how is it that what you're going to say to me now will enable me and empower me to be a greater blessing to the whole? How can I better serve everything how, how can I be a part of what you're wanting to do and if it means cleaning toilets for a season great if it means it forever great whatever but I want to be a part of what you're playing or what, what it is that you're doing and, and we, we need to understand this because if not we're just half listening to to to, uh, uh, to to what really God is saying to us we need to understand there's just a greater context and a greater picture of what he's doing I have a uh, just really quickly we'll look in the book of Genesis chapter 37. If we don't do this, we'll tend to elevate and give greater importance to things, to status, titles, than to people. And it's about people. So in, in Genesis chapter uh, 37, I'm, I'm going to just go really quickly just, uh, and, and highlight a few things as we go, just for the sake of time. But you can read the story later, the story of Joseph. Joseph has a dream. We could even say that Joseph had a prophetic word of something that was going to happen in the future. He shares it with his brothers. His brothers are angry. They're already jealous of him. By the way, if there's competition, there could be a healthy competition where we spur one another on. And an iron sharpening iron, and we bring out the best in other people. But if I'm in competition with you, I can't be in community with you because I'm looking at you as the enemy. And that's exactly what's happening here with the brothers of Joseph. And uh, they get upset with him, and they want to kill him. And here in verse 26, this is Genesis 37, verse 26, Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Because they they want to kill him. What he's literally saying is, there's no money to be made in just killing him. There, there's no, we're not gonna benefit. There's, you know, we could line our pockets here for smart. And so he says, Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. And then the Midianite traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels, which is two years' wages, 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. Wow. This is two years' wages. So they, this is what Judah's saying. What's in it for us? Just think about it. He's telling the brothers. He's a, 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 really a, a, talking to their greed, even. It's, it's Think about it. We could line our pockets. If we kill him, we don't have anything really to show for it. You know, We can always make a story and conceal up, which, which they do. But uh, if we do it this way, at least we'll have some money. There's in something in it for us, and they're they're putting money, and they're putting whatever you could even fill the blank right there, status whatever over their relationship with their brother Joseph. Now, time goes on in chapter 42, and, um, goes on. Uh, uh, we'll just go there really quick. They, they they start recognizing they're wrong. There's hunger that comes upon the land. Um, they start coming to Egypt during this time. Joseph has gone through all this process of being falsely accused. He's um, been, you know, sold into slavery to begin with. Then he's put in jail falsely. And the interesting thing that's somewhat ironic, and this is just a parenthesis, this is free that I'm adding into to the to the message, but it says that God was with him and that he prospered. And I always think like, big deal, he's still in jail and he's falsely accused. Like, who, who wants to prosper that way? But the word there really means breakthrough. It just doesn't even matter what was thrown his way, what matters was who was with him. It just He's just going to get out. It just didn't matter. Throw him in jail. Do whatever you want to do. He's going to go through every single one of those. That, that, that's what success even means or pro, prosperity even means or one of the meanings in, in the Old Testament. So in, in chapter uh, 42 and verse 26, now his brothers are coming because now they're, 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 they're hungry. There's no food to eat. So they're coming and they don't realize and they'll recognize that it's Joseph that they're dealing with. And, and one of the things that Joseph does is that he, he, look in verse 26, this is Genesis 42, 26. This is uh, interesting. They, they, they loaded their donkeys with their grain and departed. And as one of them opened his sack to give his donkey fodder at the lodging place, he saw his money in the mouth of his sack. And now all of a sudden he's like, oh my goodness, the money has been put back here. What are we going to do? They're going to think that we we stole this, and so they go back home and they're in fear all this time. They're in fear because they think if we go back, they're going to think we're thieves. They're going to kill us. So they 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 um, just for the sake of time, I'll just finish the story. But they they run out of the food that they just purchased. They come back a second time, right? And now again, now now Joseph is is beginning to test his brothers, and he's already began to test them as far as like. How many brothers are you? How's your father doing? And now he begins to say, leave your youngest one here as a pledge, and I'll give you what you need. And now Judah comes and he says, you know what? I'll put myself as a pledge. The one who said, let's give up our brother for money. I now will take the place of my other brother. Now when he has an opportunity to have the money and be able to line his pockets, they come, the second time they come back, they, they have double. They have the money that was returned to them, plus what they really owe. See, there, there's a testing here of what's really, what's, what's valuable. And there's a moment where all of a sudden, where Judas says that, that Joseph just loses it. He has to walk out of the room, and he's just weeping and crying. And finally comes a point where he reveals his identity to him. This is the thing, he's, his brothers finally learned the lesson. It is more important the relationship and the connection than it was just simply to have money. And the bigger picture, then then, then the author, Genesis, just, just kind of draws out the camera for a moment. And he says that the famous, famous phrase, what you meant for evil, God has meant for good. And we think, yeah, look what happened to Joseph. But no, 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 no. It's a greater picture than even that. What you meant for evil against me, God has used for good both for me and for you. It's included the whole entire family because, I mean, God has his covenant with them, and if they die of hunger, he's got a problem on his hands, right? So this, what he meant for good, it wasn't just Joseph, like, look at him right now. You know, he's the VP of Egypt, and look at all the wealth and power that he has. That, that's just a part of it. The good that God was wanting to do wasn't just for Joseph. It wasn't like redeeming Joseph and like now I'm finally vindicated. It wasn't. It wasn't about that. That's part of it, but it was. That's not the whole story. The whole story is that there's something in it for the entire family, and that's what God was wanting to do the entire time. They just couldn't see the big picture. They didn't understand the covenant that God had with them and that God was going to see them through. It didn't matter what hunger there was or if there's lack. It didn't even. God was going to come through because there's this covenant between them and they just didn't have the big picture. So Joseph is actually having to tell him, he goes, I understand what God is up to now. I see the bigger picture. It wasn't just, it's not just about me. It's not about look at what I've suffered and look what I've been through and, and I'll just, you know, poor me and and now this. Victim? No, no, no. It's it's seen. There's a greater picture of redemption because it's not only for them even at that point, but it's just even the whole entire history of Israel, the rest of the Old Testament. It's it's, it's just understanding that we're part of something bigger than ourselves. And I want you to think of it in terms of even a puzzle. You know, to uh, my my sister got a puzzle, big giant one, thousands and thousands of pieces. Um, for Christmas, and she's taken over my parents' table. I mean, it's just huge, and so you have to have the box to be able to get the idea of what the big picture is, right? One of the things that I did being a good um, older brother is I went and I actually took one of the pieces, and I hid it. And to be honest with you, I can't remember where I put it, so. <laughs> just waiting for the day that she comes, like, just that one last piece, and she can't find it. But you know what, a lot of times that's exactly how how we are. We think of ourselves individually. We don't see the big picture, and it's incomplete. What God is wanting to do is incomplete without your part that you have to play a role in. Don't come and just simply be a spectator. Participate in what God is doing. Get in a growth track. Start somewhere. Do something. But get connected. Connect those dots. Be part of the bigger picture of what God is wanting to do. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest things that will keep you from doing that is a fence. It's offense. It's it's expectations. You expected a certain thing. It didn't meet, match your expectation. You get offended with God. You get offended with people, and you find yourself isolated, and you find yourself cut off. And God God wa- loves you. God wants to bless you, but there's a fullness that you're missing out on because you're just out there alone. And God's saying, "Come come back. Heal that part of your own heart." So if the focus is only on you you can't ever see the big picture of what God is wanting to do. Right. If you're gifting, if you're anointing, if the word that you receive doesn't lead you to deeper relationship with others and with God, I just want to submit to you that you've missed it. Yeah. It should lead you to deeper conversation with God. How does it fit into what you are doing here in this church, Lord? How does it fit into the greater picture of what you're doing in Alaska? How does it fit into the greater picture of what you're doing around the world? I wanna be a part of that, yes. amen? I'm gonna ask you to just stand to your feet for a moment and just close your eyes. Just, I just simply wanna end with, with, with this. If you have an offense in your heart right now, anybody in this church or family, I'm telling you, it's cutting you off from what God has for you and the fullness of what God has for you. In a moment right now, we're just going to pray. I just want you to just simply just release things right now. Just release it, because we want you to enter in to the fullness of what God has for you and for your life. It just isn't worth it. It's not worth holding on to it. It isn't worth it. It's killing you. It's killing you. So I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes for one second, and we're just going to pray right now. Father, I just pray that by the Holy Spirit, you would expose anything in our heart. If there's any offense, any unmet expectations that we thought you were gonna meet or leadership or other people and and just somehow the way we were treated, we've allowed an offense in our heart and it's created this wedge between you and us and even one another. Holy Spirit, expose that right now. We repent of that in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And I just pray that just that, that healing oil of the Holy Spirit be poured upon you each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord, that we get to participate in what you're doing. And my little piece of the puzzle is an important piece of the puzzle. It's part of the bigger picture of what you're wanting to do. In the name of Jesus.
1: Try not to choke up, but you hit something that the enemy is just so robbing people. And it and it, it it's upsetting for And I feel like in this brief moment, we'll just take the head off of that thing. I was afraid of being in a relationship with people because people can hurt you, you know. So growing up and all that, my family without getting all the details, so into our church all those years ago, Pastor Josh, you were in high school. I saw modeled before me as a 20-something-year-old, a 20 something year old, healthy father, your dad, but others in the church too, and healthy marriages. And I watched Dr. Morocco and, 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 and others weep over their kids, pray over their kids. I watched at Christmas time when they would all take communion together eventually God gave me my beautiful wife and we would we would we would watch afar and go I want that I want a healthy family i want to be a father that raises godly kids I'm gonna have a great marriage I want what I was so I was actually and I've shared this before i was i was jealous over you because of your sonship but then the lord healed me and he said no 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 you're a son too and you're going to have sons, spiritual sons. And I'm going to give you children. And I found I found a family amidst thousands of people. Listen, large churches don't have to be large and disconnected. We'll never be that. I will always, I will always be in the lobby shaking the hand and saying hi to as many people. I might not remember your name, but I'm trying. If you don't have a church family, you are being ripped off from the devil in a way that is so profound and you'll never know it until, well, until maybe you hear a message like this. Now, you had that in your family too. And I see that. We were on FaceTime before the service and, and and maybe you're all on, you know, there was there was his dad, there was his mom, there's his wife, there's his sister, there's the kids. Everybody's gathered together to watch the anointed the anointed man, bring the word of the Lord, and, and they're probably on right now. That's what I'm talking about is family. Yeah. Now, you have that in your family, maybe, maybe you don't, but you, you can have the blessing of God in a covenant relationship with people called a church, the ekklesia, the nios of God called out. You've got to connect the dots with your prophetic word and your role in it. You are the missing piece that we need here. devil tried to take the peace and hide it. (laughs) You're the missing piece. And I'm going to pray this prayer. And then we'll continue. I break off every assignment. that would try to rob, steal, kill and destroy and keep people disconnected from the glorious community of the people of faith. Not not the universal body of Christ. A local church and, and covenant relationship where we can pray and believe. Where we stand together arm in arm. Families united, praying. The blood of Jesus over us. Set apart for you and for your glory. Heal marriages. Heal families. And Lord, God, heal the body of Christ. And I pray for all those that are missing pieces. Yes. And I welcome them. I welcome them to this family. And I say, if you don't have a home church... Welcome home. We're so glad you're here. We really are so glad you're here. Put your hands together for Jesus. You may be seated for just a moment. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, don't leave this place in that condition. Examine your heart right now, those online, just a few more moments in this service. If you were to die, God forbid... Today would be your last day on the earth. Would you go to heaven? Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you repented of your sin? Have you? If you haven't, won't you? Won't you do it now? Won't you give your heart to Jesus now? Or recommit? If you drifted away, you got compromised and come home. Come home to Jesus. you say, that's me, Pastor. All right. And pray this prayer right out loud with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for your Holy Spirit, I pray. Fill, touch, bless. Heal, deliver sanctify through and through spirit, soul, and body. And help us, Lord, help these to walk in your ways, to be connected one to another. True fellowship, true koinonia would be brought about, Lord, through the lives of your people. Connect all the dots for your greater purpose until your return, your soon and eminent return. And we thank you and praise you for it. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. (laughs) Ushers, would you help us? We're going to go ahead and receive a love offering for our beloved brother before we close our service as is right. Need an envelope? Go ahead and get the attention of these men and they will help you. If you're giving online, you can do that now. You can give also electronically. And the entirety of this will go to our beloved brother Frigoli. Amen. Is that that God's got a blessing song? You're just trying to mess with me, right? I know you are. Mm, yeah. It's something about the... I, I don't... Man, I, I don't know. I'm just saying... I love Jesus. Anybody else love Jesus? <laughs> ah, hallelujah. Hey, don't miss tonight. Bishop Hook's going to bring the house down, as he always does. do you want to miss that? And uh, it's going to be an amazing, amazing, amazing time. And uh, also, register. If you haven't registered for the conference, there's one more day you can do that. There's reduced rate. You can register online and uh, be a part of it. So tomorrow morning. Nine o'clock, we start. There's three messages in the morning, and then we have afternoon sessions. and so we come back for a wrap up on on Monday night. It's going to be amazing. Ushers, would you come? Morning prayer at seven a.m. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm 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 like I don't know what's going to happen at seven a.m. It's so fresh. God pouring out His Spirit. You know what might happen? When revival cracks and breaks into a place, commonly what happens is it starts in a prayer meeting and then God pours out His Spirit so seriously that it doesn't end. And then people start calling each other, something's going on at the church. Something's going on at the church. And then people begin to drive and, you know, they're like, what's going on? And they're at work, but they get the lunch break and they come and then there's just, people start to, that's like an outpouring. We're right, right there. I'm telling you, we're right there. Glory to God. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the word of the Lord. Bless our beloved brother. Multiply this gift to him and his family many times over, even a hundredfold. Bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, go ahead.
2: Get ready for your blessing, for your blessing. Get ready, get ready for your Come on, y'all know about this. About this time. Sing, God's got a blessing. God's got a blessing. Come on, help us sing it. God's got a blessing. God's got a blessing. Sing, God's got a blessing. God's got a blessing. Come on, stand up on your feet.
1: service at 9 o'clock through Pastor Josh, at 11 o'clock through Pastor Josh. The outpouring of the Spirit, what you're doing in Eagle River, what you're doing in Primrose, what you're doing over the entire state of Alaska, what you're doing in Bristol Bay. God, we give you praise. And Lord, we're asking that you would rend the heavens and come down this week. That there would be a dynamic display of your power. We would reach to 1,000 souls and families to be touched and healed and set free. Thank you for the finishing of our building with shouts of grace, grace to it. Thank you for the sale of this building. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Thank you for the sale of this building and for the perfect plan of God coming together at this time in history. And we get to be a part of it. We give you praise. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us, Lord. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. We'll see you half an hour. The 11 o'clock service will start.
3: Silence, you are my God.